Welcome to the Jay and Silent Bob Minute, where we are covering the movie Chasing Amy, one minute at a time. Today we're covering Minute 95, quite possibly the greatest double stuff minute ever. I'm Jeff Ferry. And I'm Chris Derkutch. Yeah, well, I'm Karen <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on. the uh, female representing people of the world. <laughs> hey, listen, we, we did our best. The, the best thing uh, Ben Affleck does in this whole movie is his, like, dramatic get right up in his face. I'm like... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> well, I told Chris before we started, I go, taken out of context, this might be Holden's best minute. If you didn't know all the shit that was going to happen but after, and yeah. you didn't see everything that happened before. <laughs> if this was an actual apology, this would be great. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. If what happened on Friday didn't happen, and it went a totally different way, yeah, this would be like, oh, he's finally starting to come around. Don't worry. Spoiler alert. He, he's he's not he's, coming around. He's, he's not. Receptive. He, he's sticking up for Alyssa. Yeah. He's oh. acknowledging his role in ruining bo- or both of these relationships. And All right. instead of apologizing for that, he's going to make everything worse. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is the, it is the the Holden way. All right, this minute starts with a uh, Holden starting his pitch and ends with Holden feeling inadequate, which he should honestly. All right, we're gonna break this down <laughs> play by play here. Thanks. <laughs> All right, lay it on me. So he's been going over and over and over, and he's gone through it a thousand different ways, which makes it even funnier. He's like the shittiest Doctor Strange ever, where there's one way it could have came out, and it's the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> shitty does doctor <laughs> you can't because i know but still well i could put it up there i just might get a uh, a strongly worded uh yeah. text from scott corelli like I'm um what are you doing say, <laughs> i've already had a few where i'm like i hope this gets through <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so uh oh Here's the yeah, first thing he says. It's the best thing he came up with. This is pathetic. Yeah, so he says there's tension between him and Banky for the first time. First, because he's dating Alyssa. All right, I get it. You know, that's just typical, you know, girls dating a guy. You don't like it, blah, 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 whatever. And then he just throws as an offhand thing, and you want me to do this, you know, cartoon thing. That's your livelihood, you idiot. Right. That's your job. <laughs> You're literally standing in front of the posters. For the comic that you two created today. <laughs> You're also uh, standing in an apartment that it pays for, you idiot. Yeah. Yeah. This is, <laughs> this is not yeah. insignificant Listen. information. <laughs> not to belittle what we do here, but that's the equivalent of saying, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I know we're going to do, we got to work with your job and that podcasting thing you do, which is what you can say when you're us, because we're podcasters and it's a side gig that you're not getting paid for. <laughs> but if you're like Joe Rogan, you can't be like, oh yeah, and that podcasting thing, because it's your job. Right. <laughs> you side can't note, just. Joe Rogan sucks. And uh, if anyone would like to pay me, please, I'm available to talk. Well, I don't like Joe Rogan. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of somebody that has a famous podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, and he does. I, I could sit here. Dude, and here, you want, oh, does. listen. He if you think I don't have a Joe Rogan impression, you're wrong because I do. Oh, dude, come on! I'm just asking questions. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have a Patreon. I wasn't joking about that tip jar. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, back to this minute and how bad Holden is at drawing conclusions, um, <laughs> which I love that Banky calls him out on. Yeah, so he's like, "Wow, thanks. You were able to figure out the thing that was so deadly obvious. <laughs> Great job." <laughs> 
What did you say? There's you have identified the plot of this movie. <laughs> what did you say? There's in in the script it says there's friction between us, but he, he says, says something there's else. Tension. Tension. I guess they said, "Whoa, you can't say friction." <laughs> no, you want there to be friction. <laughs> yeah, not yet. <laughs> it, it, it's such a shame because then he walks over to her and says, "The problem is, I just can't deal with the things that happened in your past." And he's saying it all nice, and the way he sort of said it, like you know five scenes ago when this bullshit all blew up right which is what i've been saying from the beginning is instead of drawing her out to a hockey game and starting a fight in public you could have had this exact same conversation with her and just said listen i'm very comfortable with your past i'm trying to deal with it but as of right now you know it's a little upsetting for me oh yeah she might have been mad and you might have been mad but like at least you handled it in private (laughs) he's a baby he can't do that I did a movie by minute on Joe versus the volcano, and in it, he goes. The main character goes on a date with someone, and they're they've gone back to his place. They're getting hot and heavy, like right inside the doorway. And she's like, "What changed?" And he tells her, "Like, well, actually, I got a diagnosis for a terminal disease, and I've decided to live every moment to its fullest." Is what changed, and she is like, "I'm sorry, what?" The makeout stops, and she her last line is. I can't handle it, Joe. And she leaves. That's what you do if you can't handle it. And it sucks. <laughs> it's sad, but... It sounds shitty, but it does also sound like the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the shitty thing is the right thing to do. Yeah. That's why it's shitty, because you still got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it'd be nice if he had... Uh, it's nice that he he's pretending to grow uh, you know, a scrotum for this, this one minute. But it's, <laughs> the problem is... This is like fake because it's all just it's it's just a setup. It's, it's like luring somebody in. And even within the setup, he says, you know, I recognize I've played a role in both these situations or something like that. It's bullshit. He never actually apologizes to either of them. Yeah. He ju- he's like, I'm sorry, I can't handle your past. That is not. That is some fakery. Is that like a turning it around? Crap. That's like if me and you get in a fight and I say, "I'm sorry, you're upset." Yeah, I'm sorry you feel that way. Exactly. <laughs> the non-apology apology. We've all yeah. done it. We've all been there. <laughs> I'm sorry you're such an asshole, Jeff. How's that yeah. sound? <laughs> it sounds? It sounds like I'm we're talking like normal. <laughs> I mean, I do like when he gets in Banky's face because Banky deserves it. Plus, he gets yeah. the Ben Affleck finger, which is top notch. <laughs> Because the only people that point like this are Ben Affleck and Jason Lee. Yeah, is it something that they caught from each other? Where they do like the open hand point? Yeah, where fingers are sticking out. Huh, because I thought of Harrison Ford right away. Well, I think I think of Harrison Ford just always pointing at people. Well, I want to imagine that Banky and Holden grew up pretending to be Han Solo. Oh. He picked it up from Harrison. I'm okay with that story. I mean, it <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. The universe. Yeah. Um, I, I do really like this moment. I like that he's sticking up. And again, because, oh my God, Alyssa's sex life is not any of Banky's business. I mean, you yeah. can say Holden is handling it badly, but at least he has a like reason for wanting to know this stuff. And, a, <laughs> you know, if you're dating someone, a, somewhat a right to know at least the basics of what happened. Like, it's relevant information for him. Banky is just being a nosy little Mrs. Kravitz from Bewitched. Like, there is no redemption. Like, the fact that he knows that story, the fact that he made a big deal out of it, he goes and gets her yearbook for God's sake. It's disgusting. He's stalkerish when he does this shit. There he really is. There's something wrong with Banky beyond yeah. just, and I, like, and whatever his confusion is. I told Chris, like, say this happened, because this is the part of the story that 
was not that it was outside of his control. He said he went to the quick stop and he saw that kid, Coey London, and he said to him, oh, you know, what's his face is a Holden's dating Alyssa Jones. And he said, Alyssa Jones, and he tells the whole story. Mm-hmm. He tells the um, – that's when he tells the story about finger cuffs. So that's how he found out. Mm-hmm. So say that happened and say he even could get access to a yearbook without too much trouble just to kind of check this moron story. He still didn't need to bring it to Holden the way that he does it. He slams it down <laughs> like he's motherfucking Columbo. Boom. Oh, yeah. Look what yeah. I got here. He could have said, yo, listen, I heard this crazy story. Like um, – because this I have done before of like not usually not sexually related stuff. Not I mean I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but like if you hear a crazy story about somebody and you don't feel like your person's ever brought that up to you, be like, do you know that this person stole a car three years ago? Like it's not really any of my business, but it came to my attention. I'm yeah. just letting you know. Now if that person says, yeah, I know about it, that should be it for you. Right. Yeah. All right. Like I just didn't know if you knew. That's it. And then you walk <laughs> away. Now what you can't do is hold on to it like this psycho because this is how you end relationships. <laughs> He loved telling him that story. It was yes, it's yeah. creepy. You want to end a friendship quick? Get involved in their sexual problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, he will. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna check out right before it gets real bad, guys. Just a heads up. <laughs> um, oh, don't worry, because uh, we knew these were gonna be a rough two weeks, so we did not invite any other guys along because we we Chris and I had poor enough perspectives <laughs> yeah we need another opinion around here <laughs> because i gotta be careful that like 15 year old jeff doesn't walk into the room sometimes it goes who and say something retarded well and it's so funny because 15 year old tyranny saw this movie and was like moved by it and thought this is what being a grown-up was and 36 year old tyranny is like yeah. grown-ups <laughs> well I mean, the problem is there is a grown-up in this room. The problem is there's only one grown-up in this room (laughs) as of right now. (laughs) I mean, because of this situation, I think down the road there's three grown-ups in this room because of what happens here. I think it makes the other two grow up. But she's already there. That's the whole problem with their relationship that goes back. They're in totally different parts of their life. Yes. And she's the only one that's realized it so far. And I think even right now, I think she thinks that she can drag him to where she's at. And it's about to become oh. painfully obvious that she can't do it. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Because at the end, I think it's at the end of this minute when she says, I don't care about, and then we're going to get more uh, on the next episode, right? But like, I never understood why why she's here, why she's like still trying to salvage this relationship. That always blew my mind. But now, well, I mean, once I realize it's not because they're a true love or anything but yeah. um i really like that because that makes sense like she's, dude you're so close let me just you over this <laughs> yeah i think okay. if she thought he was a true like crow magnon she would have not worried about it she'd be like all right i can never move this guy you know she's he's not trying to save banky <laughs> yeah like banky's never he's never getting there but like i think she thinks this guy's almost there and she's not wrong the problem is what's going to get him over the finish line is blowing up this relationship <laughs> yeah and uh, Unfortunately for her, she's just, you know, another wow. mile marker in his progression. I mean, like I said, you how you get to your good relationship is you look back over your lifetime of ones that you blew up or the other person blew up or, you know, you just oh. drifted away from each other. There's so many ways your relationships can go sideways. Okay. <laughs> 
can I get real <laughs> personal on your podcast? It's not sexual because it was my first boyfriend. Well, listen, if it's not sexual, then no. He yeah. Said <laughs> at a wall in our breakup discussion and rewatching this minute that like set an ice pick into my brain at that exact memory of being in the hallway outside the cafeteria in my high school getting redumped because we I had called him on the phone the day before to be like something's like we're not right and he said yeah we're not right I think we should break up so I tracked him down the next day during his lunch break on a like fake hall pass or whatever and I was like, no, 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 I didn't want to break up. And he's like, no, we've hit a wall with the right things to do. I got to go back in now. And I was like, oh, like I, can, I can smell that goddamn hallway when, uh, when he said that in this minute. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've had the one where like she walked in and like words haven't even come out yet. And I'm like, oh, I can tell by your look in your eyes where this this, this conversation is going. <laughs> Maybe I'll just go home right now. Yeah. Like, like, like listen, don't, don't even open your mouth. I just, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Do I have oh yeah, I, we've hit a wall. Is hit, what we've hit a wall is one of those classics with up there with um, it's not you, it's me. Yeah, I gotta find myself. Yeah, again, uh, it's just it. not working out. Breakup speech, just accept it. Yeah, your best what friend's hotter than you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, no one ever had the balls to say that part out loud. <laughs> oh, I mean, I've said it before. I have said it before, always in jest and just to piss off whoever my partner was at the time. <laughs> It didn't matter either. Their best friend could have been, you know, a, a, a golden retriever or a guy or a swamp thing. I didn't care. <laughs> That's the type of thing that will always irritate the person you're with. This is why I'm so popular because we're saying things like that. <laughs> and silence falls on yeah. the podcast. This is why I had a lot of first dates and not a lot of second dates. <laughs> uh, I, I was that person who was always at the end of the night was like, oh, crap, we've been on a date this whole time. Oh, no. <laughs> So I went on a lot of first dates that I didn't realize were first. <laughs> <laughs> That's because uh, there were no second dates. <laughs> if, if you didn't know, every guy, I would say, at least under the age of 30, usually when they're talking to a woman, unless they're in a committed relationship and they're not garbage, is what's the term we use, Chris? They're always laying the groundwork because oh, yeah. you never know. <laughs> you never know when your relationship's going to go bust. So, you know, you always, you know, you're, you know, you're throwing out some seeds just in case. <laughs> and if you're alone with that guy, he's on a date, whether you know it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now I'm aware of that. (laughs) Well, that's that's when things got easier. Like when that's why if sometimes they'll say like married men or married women, particularly married men are the ones that seem so attractive to people. That's because they're in a committed relationship. They don't give a shit anymore. So that's why they're so relaxed because they're not, you know, they're not looking anymore. They're not. I mean, unless they're really garbage and they're just doing it anyway. (laughs) They feel confident because they don't have to impress anybody. Yeah, I have nobody to impress. That's why. Every one of my friends who was job hunting, I was like, just pick up anything because you need the stink of success on you. And then yeah. you'll get all the job offers. Yeah. yeah the same way with people. It's just like, man, look at his confidence. His confidence is, I don't care. Right. <laughs> his, his confidence is he's not even trying. That's his confidence. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing how that works. Yeah. It, it's a lot easier to impress one person than an entire gender. <laughs> it's <laughs> even though you didn't need to you just felt like you had to like you put that weird when you're especially when you're younger you have that weird pressure on you of just like well is this person the one is this the one and you know you're just like like a wacko like imagine going back and seeing yourself at that age and being like what is wrong with this person <laughs> like oh like, i was a psychopath 
<laughs> oh, could you imagine going back? You know there had to be somebody who was like pining for you and you just never saw it. There had to be that person in your life who was just like, oh, I'm so stupid. How great would be that be to find out now? I have, <laughs> I have a picture of Todd in high school. I was taking pictures with my disposable camera because that's the era it was. And there is a picture I took of him and he is looking at the camera at me. And that's how I found out he had a crush on me. <laughs> man, that photo did not lie. And I was just like, oh. Well, listen, oh, no. it's better than how the kids find out now when they get, you know, they get a dick pic sent to them. Like, oh, I guess this person likes me. <laughs> <laughs> well, standing up, he likes me. <laughs> oh, and then you got to call him up and be like, yo, Tim, you could have just told me this. Like, I didn't need this at all. <laughs> that's all right. Tim sent it to 50 other girls, too. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a group text. Yeah. It's a group text. <laughs> All right. Um, now that we've got the group texts and dick pics, I guess it's the end of the minute. Yeah, <laughs> Don't worry. Come. Oh, no. So what? Oh God! Did we miss? Did he say something else stupid? No. What drove me nuts is you pointed out that the frustrating thing is trying to impress half the people in the world, and what drove me the most nuts about chasing Amy, and I promise this will be a short soap dox. This movie, this entire goddamn movie that you have been watching, and you are you guys are in the home stretch, you're so close, I'm so proud of you, never says the word bisexual. And can we all just sit here as fucking adults and acknowledge that Alyssa is bisexual? Yeah, here's the problem though. I can acknowledge that. Yeah, can you she? can acknowledge that. I don't think she can acknowledge yeah. that. Oh my god. It's <laughs> infuriating. Now nobody this that, woman who has sex with men and women and relationships with women and now men, but, oh, she's a lesbian in a relationship with a guy. Hey, assholes, there's a word for that. It's a whole thing. But then you have to impress everyone, so maybe that's what she's afraid of? Well, and I think we talked about this earlier with Chris and I's you know, massive knowledge of the, uh, the LGBT community. <laughs> um, at, as far as like mainstream America at that time was, you had gay, straight, and you bisexuals like, was a thing, obviously, but I felt like most people thought that, like, that was a temporary location to be. I, right. I was thinking about it before coming on today. I don't think I heard the word bisexual until I was in college. Yeah, I don't think it was bisexual in the 90s. I don't think there was. No. <laughs> there definitely was. You guys just didn't get out enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I was, I'm a little bit younger. Yeah. Like, maybe that's just enough where, like, I would have heard it in high school. But I I was trying to think today, it was not an option. And I just listened to an episode of Still Buffering, a podcast I have to shout out. It's by three sisters. They are wonderful. And they just did an episode for Pride talking about the characters that inspired them to, like, recognize themselves. And there's one that's our age. The oldest sister is our age. And she's like, I'm bisexual. But there were no bisexuals that I looked up to as a kid. Like, her much younger sister is talking about all these cartoons and another of her sisters who's uh, non-binary was into anime. And she's like, guys, I like men and women. And that was not something that was presented as an option to me. And it wasn't presented to me either. And it pisses me off because the whole reason that got in my head was because of Alyssa's speech when she says, I didn't want to rule out half the population of the world. Yeah. The only people who I would say at that age, so like we're talking 90s here that I would have heard of that were bisexuals were famous people who got the famous people passed because famous people are allowed to get away with anything. Right. So you'd hear like David Bowie and you're like, well, of course David Bowie just not yeah, yeah. anything that moves. He's David Bowie for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, I always just heard androgynous and then there were a lot of feelings. Like no one ever talked about 
but like there were certain people like that would get the pass. Like that would right. come out in like the eighties, and they would talk about like David Bowie has had sex with men, and like straight guys would be like, yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Freddie Mercury, he like, got a pass. I, yeah, yeah. It's for Freddie Mercury gets the pass. You're like, why does he get the pass? Like, yeah, and it wasn't cool back then. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I he was gay. Yeah. He well, he wasn't gay. He just had sex with men. Oh, okay. <laughs> like. <laughs> that, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I, I've I've heard people try to make this argument of like, well, you know, I'm I'm not gay or bisexual. I just had sex with men a few dozen times. Well, that's not how that works. That's not how that works. <laughs> unless, unless you're getting paid for it. <laughs> In which case, like, that's fine. But like, we should probably talk about like what you're comfortable with. Yeah. Um, Listen, you just be yourself, Chris. That's all I say. <laughs> I think we whatever talked about gets, that last week. Whatever, get, whatever gets the bills paid around your house. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. I don't think like any young women questioning their sexuality are listening to your podcast. No offense. No offense. Listen, oh, come on. That's, that's the, that's no, no, the no, demographic no. we were shooting for. Listen, if they're listening and right now they're questioning, they need to go to another podcast <laughs> that can no, more, I, more comfortably uh, handle this situation. The podcast still buffering, and the actress Stephanie Beatrice, who plays Rosa on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Those are the people you need to seek out, not these guys. But still, yeah. keep listening because, like, this is a great podcast, just not for yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> listen, and the best you're going to get from us is us going like, uh, we don't know either. Like, listen, I can, I can, I am a a heterosexual white male. Which, let's be honest, I'm playing the game on easy mode. So. <laughs> And I have enough problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not ready for expert myself either. <laughs> no, when I go in there, uh, my video game, the sliders are turned all the way down. <laughs> if I was rich, I would be all the way at the top. But I'm not. That's the only thing I got going against me. <laughs> if only you could hit the lottery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah God so knows I need it. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there because we were, they were saying, like, there was no representation. And then... Uh, Sydney made a joke and she said, I mean, I knew I felt kind of funny about Helen Hunt and Twister and her younger <laughs> sister screams, that's the sign. That's how you know. <laughs> like, mm, yep. Okay. Fair. So yes, if you are a woman who has questionable feelings about Helen Hunt and Twister, come talk. It's, it's a good time. It's all good. It does not have to be like this movie. This movie is terrible representation of yes. sexuality. Stay tuned for Friday for, um, <laughs> A terrible representation of all forms of sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> this is I got news for you. If this was Holden's high point, we're about to dip real quick. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Real bad. All right. So all right. fast. Yeah. All right, Tierney, before we get on the roller coaster and start diving into the ground, why don't you uh, tell people where they can find you? Oh my god. Please come find me and save me from myself. I am Tierney Steele, uh, Tierney Steele Callahan. If you see me around in the Facebook listener groups, I'm in a bunch of them. So hopefully if you are still on Facebook because of listener groups, I will see you around there. And on other forms of social media, I am known as One Steel Sister. We are the Jane Silent Bob Minute. You want to see, go to our uh, Facebook group. It's called The Quicker Stop on Facebook. And you can find us on Twitter at Jay and Bob Minute. You got anything else, Jeff? I'm only going to tell you this one time. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs>